Good evening, everyone. <laughs> you know what? We're keeping it. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I am your host, Casper. <laughs> and I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. We've had a rough time. It's let it happen. Just be funny for, for a minute. We're going to do this. Because we're going to do it. Um, Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because Wednesdays are for podcasts. Why are we here? What are we doing? And I really hope this isn't your first time listening, but if it is, welcome. If it is, um, you're welcome because we're about to get like sad. Um, Also really funny. I've taken four Tylenol today. I've so because I've had a I headache. have a really funny story with that. Um <laughs> Because I told you about this morning how I was kind of feeling a little bit. And uh, I had just watched two hours of podcast about this. And then I took two Tylenol. <laughs> and I was like, you just watched two hours of hearing about seven people be murdered by lace Tylenol. Oh, okay, down the hatchet. <laughs> just fucking like, nothing happened. You straight up went, nothing happens, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> Yeah, I'm old as fuck. I just said YOLO. Look, at least I didn't say fleek, okay? <laughs> like, oh my god, is YOLO older than fleek? I don't know. Yeet. I literally don't know. I will say yeet forever. I don't I care. love yeet. I don't care. The, the girl who said yeet in that vine will forever live in infamy. Um, but before we get to the Tylenol murders um, that we're going to talk about that happened in Chicago, uh, we're from Osmosa. Calm your body down. Man, I I worked. You nailed it. I worked that bink. Out. You were Did like, you see that? Beep. I was oh, like, mine was terrible. Bink. Oh, I did it. Again. I'll never do it again. Mine sounded like a squeak toy. I was about to die. It kind of did. You know, it was one oh my god, I on heard, her last leg. I heard a bird today that sounded like BB. It was like, ow, bow. You're like, what the fuck? Because BB's that? like, meow. <laughs> Baby's a cat, by the way. Yeah, that's Everybody my cat. Everybody was wondering, like, what animal is she speaking of? <laughs> so a word from our sponsor now that... that... Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, guys. Um, I know things have been kind of slow lately. Um, and, but, you know, we're still... Um, we're still around. We're still here. Still making the bath bombs and all the things. Um, I will be starting up a, um, you know, for anybody that's interested in cbd um i know that's was something up in the air for a long time but um you know we've got the i've got my regular bath bombs with calm your body down but i'm also launching uh becky's bud bombs with um cbd in them so that is going to be something that's going to be launching very soon i was having some issues with nailing down an actual um cbd provider uh, but I've already got that settled. It's complete quality lab tested CBD. I'm really excited about it. Um, so yeah, I will be announcing all that when it happens. But, um, for right now, if anybody out there is not interested in CBD, um, the regular calm your body down bath bombs are still $7 free shipping. Everything's available on Etsy. Um, just search Calm Your Body Down on Instagram and Etsy, and um, I will keep everybody posted. If you're following me on um, Instagram at my personal page, Becky Gremlin, just at Becky Gremlin, um, I'll start announcing more about when the uh, Becky's Bud Bombs start, the ones that are the ones that will have CBD in them. Um, 
So yeah, thanks again, guys. Is anybody out there? Come about. Calm your body down. Bing. Oh, no, that was, no. Bing, bing. Okay, I'll get there. Anyway, Jesus Christ. So, guys, tonight is a new true crime episode all about the Chicago Tylenol murders. If you've taken a Tylenol or Advil or ibuprofen or Aleve or whatever in the last day, you may be entitled to comp competition. <laughs> you may be entitled <laughs> you to may competition. Be entitled to compensation. Um, <laughs> Have you died? Like those, like those mesothelioma commercials in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys, this is a case. Tell me. I know, right? Oh, my God. That is the best. Aren't those the best? to live? Also, if you grew up in the 90s, like... It was either that or George I felt, Lopez. I felt so attacked by the... Well, it always depended on what... So, like, if I fell asleep on BET, like, after Comic View went off, if I fell asleep on BET and you woke up in the middle of the night, it was always like... It would be the it would be like the black RB singers. It was like all of a sudden, like you hear Anita Baker or Patti LaBelle, you know, like somebody would come on. But then if it was, you know, like Seinfeld or like the, you know, Johnny Carson or something went off, then in the middle of the night, all of a sudden you'd wake up to fucking Michael Bolton when and you're like, what the time life presents sounds. And you're like, what the I remember. I remember all. For some reason, that man I he just went all, all in. Of... He was like, "Tell me how hey, look, am I supposed to live?" I was a Michael you? Bolton fan, y'all. I was a Michael. That was that was that blue eyed, blue eyed soul years. Like him, Michael McDonald. Like, look, all about it. I've just always favored female singers. I mean, clearly, I know why now, but. It's so funny. I remember, I literally remember this conversation with an uh, old friend of mine. She was like, I just prefer male singers. And I was like, I don't know. I just prefer female singers. <laughs> well, I started, I, I've, see, my, my voice dropped an octave. So I started, I would sing, mm. I started singing more. I used to be able to hit real high soprano. And then, <laughs> smoking, don't smoke kids. Um, my right. voice, my voice dropped a whole octave. So I can't really hit soprano notes anymore. So I would typically sing in like alto or tenor. Mm -hmm. And so men alto voices are perfect for me because I have sort of a deeper, and now the older I've gotten, my voice is actually deeper. So I've got more of like a deeper alto. So men alto voices have always, just when I'm singing are always easier for mm -hmm. me to sing. Yeah, well, oh, but yeah, but women singers, look, my my favorite singer of all time will always be Whitney Houston. I don't give a good goddamn what anybody says. Like, and I I mean, vo I'm talking about vocalists, vocals. specifically singing. Mm -hmm. Because even the training, I mean, look, this she sang gospel choir in church. Come on now. I love That's where voice. you get that's I mean, a lot of really good singers, that's where you get your first vocal training. Right. You know, as if you how sang, many people are you like, sang I used to in, sing in church. You sang in church choir, yep. yeah, because those choir directors aren't playing. You're gonna you're gonna learn how to breathe. You're gonna learn how to sing from your diaphragm. They're gonna sing gonna from you. diaphragm. It's okay. To <coughs> oh my god! And don't 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 do that from the diaphragm. 
And don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't joke. Yeah, she's in my not top. In she's in my top five favorite singers for oh sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just How could Amy you not? Lee. Amy How Lee is mine oh, mostly of because of you know the fact that Evanescence is my favorite I have band. A but really funny video to show you later, by the way. Don't <laughs> the fact that Evanescence. The fact that she sounds no different. Actually, she sounds better in person than well, she does on the Well, you know why I album. like her voice? I like vocalists that don't sound like anybody else. You know it's them. Yeah. I like that, too. Because, like, everybody on the radio sounds the same yeah. right now. Like, who is that? Oh, I thought it was... Never mind. But then you hear her, you're like, oh, that's Amy Lee. Oh, yeah. Like, that's... I even appreciate her artists voice. like Carrie Underwood. Because you right. know... You know it's Kelly Clarkson. Her. You know it's her. You know... Look. Look. I will. I stand. I come stand from, Kelly. Clarkson. I come from that generation where I will always love Kelly Clarkson. So you know, we'll miss independent. Look <laughs> <laughs> behind these hazel eyes. Listen, that was my song because I have hazel eyes. Me too. So I was <laughs> like, oh, and that song. Came, someone like, finally came up with a song for the hazel eyed people because they're always blue. Everyone's eyes are always blue. And if you so only see the way she loves me. Maybe. Was that Vertical Horizon? Yes. Was I, I, saw, it was. I saw them in concert. They were, were they actually good? really, let me tell you, that's a band. I know we're off on a tangent. <laughs> you guys know us, you know. Um, but like they were, they, of all things, they opened for when I, I think when I saw John Mellencamp with my dad, either that or Bare Naked Ladies. I cannot remember which one. Bare Naked Ladies it's was. Bad. They were insane life. Someone did that they today. Were so good. At work, they were like, it's banned. And I was like, one week since you looked at me. My husband did that. I was like, I was getting ready to say something. I was like, it's been. And he goes, it's been. I was like, D don't. I've got him started. I was like, D it's been. I, I looked at him like, because I don't do anything else. I just do that. Well, because it's, it's. My roommate is so to. pissed. It's easy I'm to. I'm like, there's two things that drive her crazy. It's been. And. <laughs> How's it go? Am I not pretty enough? It's those two things, and she's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> it's funny, but Vertical Horizon was—I I hate that that was a band that just had like two radio hits, and it seemed like you just never heard of them again because live, they were really actually they had like four hits, but like two really really big ones. But live, they were insane. They were really good. I mean, I I appreciate. I I feel like live, with as much as I love music, will kind of make or break a band. Yeah, with me. Yeah, that's like, why I, I won't go see Ozzy right like, now. Mm, I'm just gonna keep Look, him. In the a Offspring was the worst concert I ever went to in my life. That was god awful. They were so bad. They were that so sucks. bad. But the Mighty Mighty Boston's opened for them and they were fucking incredible. I went to go opening see... acts are always really good. That's oh my god, I right? Like, I feel like a lot of people sleep on opening acts, and I have seen some really fucking well, what's great really cool acts. is when I went to go see Seether, I really only went because Letters from the Fire was opening for them. Yeah. Back when I liked it's not that I don't like the new singer, but I don't like her as much as the old singer, because the original singer sounded a lot like Amy Lee, but she had more of a rasp to her than Amy does. Hey, that can make a difference too. So I loved the music. I loved the sound. I loved that band. 
So I got to fucking meet her because no one knew who they were. Nice. So after the concert, she was back in the merch booth and I was like, bitch. So I went up and I got to meet her and I was like, you know, she doesn't sing for them anymore. She's actually doing her own thing now. Um, but that was still really cool. Like I was like, I honestly, I left while Seether was playing. It's not that I don't care about Seether, but I don't care about Seether. Because I'm very indifferent to that band. I too. know a lot about this lead singer because he dated Amy Lee, and oh I know a lot God. about that oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, so now I know why I don't like Seether. No, because I know all about that. You too. know the song "Call Me When You're Sober" is yeah. about him. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> no, because well, it was kind of crazy because I got a weird side of it, like where somebody that didn't like Evanescence was trying to like, eh. I was right. like, I'm kind of indifferent to either band, but like, yeah. That just, ooh, man. He's not a nice person. No. <laughs> a lot of her music is about him. And had a lot of really ugly things to say about Now, her. I do have and, to say, uh, hmm. I love how she never really bad Allegedly, him. allegedly, allegedly, we don't know them. We right. We don't know them. We don't know them. I'm just saying. Don't I'm just taking sides because, you know, I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I love that she never really badmouthed him. She just wrote music. Yeah. And was like, yeah, that was about him. <laughs> yeah, like I just also, I but just I do have a song. To, I do have to say, broken the song, broken that they did together. I will always and forever love that song. I really do like that song, but anyway, I digress. See, I did until I, yeah, and, and what just I didn't like that at the concert they did it. the The chick from Letters from the Fire did it with him. I was like, I kind of like that, but I'm like, yeah. also, I would have absolutely lost my shit if Amy Lee would have walked out on stage, but I know she wouldn't have, because she really doesn't like him. <laughs> well, she's like, I've moved on. <laughs> she's like, I'm done with that. She's I've, so fucking in love I've with her husband now. moved on. He is such, she's so. She's winning. Let's she just, is winning. We'll put it that way. We'll put it that way. Your girl is winning, so she's Her fine. fucking, her fucking um, opening act is Lindsay fucking Sterling. Like, come on, man. Yeah. And I love when Lindsay first comes out and she plays the video of her and her friend singing. What is the song? What Wake Me Up Inside? What is yeah. the song? Oh. What's it fucking called? It's literally the most Why known. did my brain just go? What is that song <laughs> My brain will not stop saying call me when you're sober. I'm like, no, that's not the name. What? Wake me up inside. Save me. Call my name. <laughs> Why did my brain? I mean, I literally like it's the bring me to life. Bring me to life. Okay. Yeah. So she literally played this video when she was 15 with her two friends and they are doing a music video to that song. That's incredible. And she comes out on stage and I had full body fucking chills. She goes, that was me at 15 years old singing one of my favorite songs to my favorite bands. And she goes, never tell me you will never live out your dreams because now I'm on stage performing with my favorite band when I was 16 years old. And I was like, Aww. that is so inspirational. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I was like, I want to be up there with Amy Lee. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, we, we digress on music <laughs> real hard this evening. I know, but we love music. We so do. if you guys are new to us, like you said, we, we do this a lot. 
We do. But it's we keep basically it amping you guys up for the sadness that's to come. Well, and of course, and we've said this before, that um, we try the best we can when we are going into topics that we know are going to get dark, especially when we're doing any of our true crime hmm. uh, or murder serial killer episodes, because, you know, it deals with dark shit. It deals with people dying. It deals with... And that gets heavy. You know, and it's a, it's a subject that is difficult. So we try our best to kind of liven it up a little bit before. Um, I'm also heavy. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's just sipping her iced coffee like a I gay may bitch. be depressed, but at least I have iced coffee. <laughs> More espresso, less depresso. So, guys, the Chicago yeah, Tylenol murders. Yeah. So, I I actually knew about this, kind of. I think it's just kind of one of those things where, like, you'll randomly come across it and you're like, oh, wow, shit. Like, okay, that's crazy. But I think what really intrigued me about this, especially since if you guys have been listening to us, the last few months we've been doing more of our um, crime, true crime episodes have been geared towards unsolved crimes. And it amazed me that this still hasn't been solved. Like, it's crazy that it's been this long and they still have no idea who did it. And it was it was in such an isolated area that you kind of think, like, that's kind of crazy. Like, you think you would have been able to narrow it down. Honestly, this kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, the whole candy thing for Halloween. Where it was just kind of random. Yeah. Where they were just like, I want to cause chaos in people's lives. Let me just do this. Because they wouldn't have known who was going to buy those bottles. You know? Not at all. You know, and it was it was a very random thing. That's why they think... So I was watching... There was a BuzzFeed um, YouTube. BuzzFeed Unsolved did a, a an episode about this that I was watching this morning and how um, a lot of, a lot of evidence points to, it's always one of those things where it's like, there is so much circumstantial evidence against one person that it's like, red flag, red flag, red flag. But you legally to charge them, it, it's like, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't hold it up wouldn't, in court. It wouldn't you stick. can't, you don't you have, you can't have it stick when it's just, circumstantial like even if the circumstantial is squ is squawking like a fucking hawk it still wouldn't hold up in court so you just you know you don't want to risk it you don't want to waste the time and the money when you know it's not going to hold up so so they um so they were basically a series of poisoning deaths resulting from drug tampering in the chicago area in 1982 the victims all took tylenol branded acetaminophen capsules that had been laced with potassium Potassium cyanide. A total of seven people died in the original poisonings, with several more deaths in the subsequent copycat crimes, which we will get to that later. Yeah. No suspect. No, but okay. This is how this is gonna go this yeah. evening. No suspect was ever charged or convicted. New York City resident James William Lewis was convicted of extortion for sending a letter to Johnson and Johnson that took responsibility for the deaths and demanded one million to stop them. But evidence trying, tying him to the actual poisoning never emerged. The incidents led to reforms in the packaging of the over-the-counter substances and to federal anti-tampering laws. 
The actions of Johnson & Johnson to reduce deaths and warn the public of poisoning risks have been widely praised as, as an exemplary public relations response to such a crisis. Yeah, so if you guys ever wondered why there's tamper-proof bottles or if you ever get pissed off at those child-proof locks like this is a fucking idiot-proof, what the fuck? There's a reason for that and this is the reason why because it was never, I mean, to think at one time any store you would, any drugstore you would walk into that had Tylenol or Advil bottles, I mean, you could literally just open them up and they were just wide open. Like, there was no, there was no seal, there was no Which kind of surprises there me anyway, because no... you could just steal that shit. Let me just pour this in my I know, right? Like, it just <laughs> never, it just, that's, that just, that boggled my mind that that was never a thing. Did because it bottle your... A little bit. Um, because I was born in 84. So my entire life, that's all I've ever known is to see pill bottles like that. But um, yeah, it's pretty amazing to think that that was so easy at one time that it would have been extremely easy to do what this person did and get away with it then. Um, also, I don't know if it's going to mention this later on. Um, we're referencing Wikipedia for this for this podcast tonight. If you just a little just a little tip, cyanide smells like almonds. So if anyone out there thinks that they are possibly being poisoned by cyanide, smell if something smells like almonds, you're welcome. I give you what, I give you for instance, y'all seen Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Was it season three or four? It might have hmm. been four or three. I don't remember, but anyway. Not Zelda. What's the other sister's name? Uh, yeah. So not Zelda, but brain, the other one. My guys. Excuse um, me. Hilda. Thank you. So I was like, it rhymes with Zelda. <laughs> so Hilda made cookies. Yes. Almond cookies. Right. I remember that. And she put cyanide in them. Yep. To hide the smell. To hide the smell, and she killed, I don't remember who it was. But she I remember somebody. that. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, just a little tidbit for people that don't know, because that, that used to be a really common way. Apparently, you used to just be able to get cyanide very easily. Um, it was a really common way to poison people. It's a damn awful shame that you can't get that anymore. I know. So on September 20th... Oh, darn. <laughs> um... <laughs> So on September 29th of 1982, 12-year-old Mary Kellerman of Elk Grove Village, Illinois, died after taking a capsule of extra strength Tylenol. That's, this story was so sad. The poor girl woke up. She woke up getting ready for school. She had a sore throat and a headache. Her, parent gave, her parents gave her an extra strength Tylenol, thinking in a couple hours she'd feel better and they could take her to school. And within that couple hours, she was dead. I know, I'm sorry. I know it was such a bummer, but like that, <laughs> that like, fucked me. That like that fucked me crazy. up when I when I was watching. Crazy. I was like, oh my god, this whole story. Like you don't even think about like, it. You're like, you my would head hurts. never Let's think about that to give your child. Like she's 12. You're like, oh, I don't feel good. It's like, okay, honey, we'll just take a Tylenol and then lay down, and I'll take you to school later. She lays down and she's fucking dead two hours later. Like who would? Yeah, that's. I just wanted to say that because that's what that is. What's so crazy about this story is it's something like we did today. It's something so common to just unless you know you're allergic to it. It's something so common to just grab a couple Tylenol if you have a headache or whatever, and and not. I don't think I'm going to be poisoned. <laughs> exactly. Adam Janus, who was 27 of Arlington Heights, Illinois, died in the hospital later that day after ingesting Tylenol. 
His brother Stanley, who was 25, and sister-in-law Tracy, who was 19, of Lyle, Illinois, also died after taking time off. God, that one fucked me up, too, because Adam had just died. Stanley and Teresa came over to his house to console the family. Everybody's crying in grief after he died. They go, you know, you're crying, you get a headache. They go to take Tylenol from the exact same bottle that Adam did. And the very next day, Stanley died. And two days later, Teresa died. Right? This story is just so insane. This is so, oh my God. Like you're literally grieving, you're grieving your brother. And then the next day you're dead. And now the family's burying three people instead of one. Like, I, I just, just, that, that, I, I mean, like, my head was ready to explode this morning. Did when you I, need a Tylenol? When they were putting the, right? That's probably <laughs> why I took two, I watched that and I took two Tylenol. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> wait a minute now. Well, shit. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> if I don't wake up tomorrow. <laughs> um, you're my last the- will and testament before I take this fucking Tylenol. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Um, Mary McFarland of Elmhurst, who was 31, Paula Prince, who was 35, of Chicago, and Mary Rayner, who was 27, of Winfield, all died in similar incidents. Once it was realized that all these people recently took Tylenol, tests were quickly carried out, which soon revealed cyanide present in the capsules. Warnings were then issued via the media and media and patrols using loudspeakers warning residents throughout the Chicago area to discontinue use of Tylenol products. Police, knowing that various sources of Tylenol were tampered with, tampered with, ruled out manufacturers as the tampered with bottles came from different pharmaceutical companies. And the seven, oh, I'm sorry, I also wanted to say something really quickly. Uh, part of the reason why they figured out it was cyanide poisoning. Now, I don't know if this is still true or if this is like a state by state thing, but apparently, if you die under mysterious mysterious circumstances and you're under the age of forty. It's, it was, because I heard a cop, this was one of the other document, no, this was the BuzzFeed thing I watched. Um, it's required by law for an autopsy to be, to be performed. So since all of the people involved were under the age of 40 and they had no underlying health conditions, that's why an autopsy was performed on all of them. And that's how they figured out the cyanide poisoning. Because actually, if someone ingests enough cyanide, when they perform an autopsy, when they like go to cut open the stomach contents, they can actually smell almonds. That's how a lot of, no, I'm, I'm serious. This is how a lot of medical examiners and coroners will, will immediately know cyanide poisoning. If the autopsy is done quickly enough after the cyanide is ingested, when they open up the stomach cavity, they will smell almonds. That's crazy. So they will actually, now they have to do, they still have to do a toxicology test to confirm it. But they'll know right then and there. They'll go, well, there's no almonds in the in the colon or in the stomach contest, so we know they didn't digest almonds, but we smell almonds. That's cyanide poisoning. Also, sometimes the lining of the stomach will turn blue, hence where because scion is the is like the yeah. root word it means blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes the stomach lining will also be a blue color. And it'll smell like almonds. So, yeah, that's a little fun fact that people didn't know that sure. medical examiners will actually smell almonds if the autopsy is done quickly enough after the cyanide has been digested. But that's how they figured it out. 
Every victim was under the age of 40. So by law, they had to perform an autopsy. And that's how they found out that every single one of them died from cyanide. I did poisoning. not know that. That was news to me. And then that, and then they linked the cyanide back to, because every single one, they said, well, how would they get all, oh, all of them took Tylenol. Then they took the Tylenol bottles, tested the Tylenol bottles, and that's where they found the cyanide. Yeah. We have a wiener. Yeah. A wiener. Um, the seven deaths had all occurred in the Chicago area, so sabotage during production was ruled out. Instead, police concluded that they were likely looking for a culprit who had acquired bottles of Tylenol from various retail outlets. Furthermore, they concluded the source was most likely supermarkets and drugstores over a period of several weeks, with the culprit likely adding the cyanide to the capsules, and then method meth methodically. I know that. Thank word. you. I was like methodically. <laughs> no. Returning to the stores to place the bottles back on the shelves, in addition to the five bottles that led to the victims. Deaths, a few other contaminated bottles were later discovered in the Chicago area. In a concert, con it's concerted, right? Yes. Concerted. My yeah. brain literally went concerted. Effort to reassure the public, Johnson & Johnson distributed warnings to hospitals and distributors and halted Tylenol production and advertising on October 5th of 1982. It issued a nationwide recall of Tylenol products and an estimated 31 million bottles were in circulation with a retail value of over $100 million then, so equivalent to $268 million Johnson & Johnson's response to this was amazing. They were like, oh shit. Even, even with all the money they lost, knowing they had no culpability in this at all, they still were like, we don't care. Congratulations, Johnson well, and Johnson. That's well. That this this could have ruined the company. Oh yeah. I mean, it really could have. People would people if they, if they wouldn't have had a swift response like this, people would have just flat out stopped buying Tylenol, and then that would have put the company under. Yep. So yeah, I I feel like that hundred million at the time was a really small price to pay at the end of the day to save the company because they're still going strong. Yeah, and to show that they still have an integrity you know what i mean right. like yeah if anything if anything yeah like for fuck, sure. fuck the money you're that's killing people it's like <laughs> people seven people died exactly um they also advertised in the national media for individuals not to consume any of the products that contain acetaminophen after it was determined that only these capsules had been tampered with johnson and johnson offer also offered to exchange all tylenol capsules already purchased by the public for solid tablets yeah, good, you on, don't even, good on them you man. don't even see tylenol uh, capsule. They aren't capsules anymore. There's they're caplets and yeah. tablets. That's all you see now. There aren't any any capsules anymore. Not anymore, no. Um, so as far as investigations go, uh, there one of the main suspects. Um, well, actually, there was a couple of them. Um, but one of the main suspects was a gentleman we mentioned earlier, the uh, by the name of James William Lewis. Uh, during the initial investigations, he had sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson that demanded $1 million to stop the cyanide-induced murder. $1 million. Woo! We demand I all your daughters. I have no idea where you're going to get $1 million, sir, <laughs> but um, I don't think Johnson & Johnson could deliver that. You might want to try somewhere else. Um, <laughs> you I'm just, might want to I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know where. But probably not from them. I'm going to need someone to make a movie that has like a, a ransom note and it looks like it says the word daughters and they're like scrambling around trying to find all these daughters and then they're like, we can't. And he's like, dollars. And they're and like, it, oh, 
Oh, a million dollars? We could have had a million dollars for you like an hour ago, <laughs> dude. Spell check. Like, what? I can't. I'm dead. I'm sorry. That was funny. That was, that was very unintentionally funny. Um, so there was a, a background check revealed that Lewis had a very troubled past. Um, he was placed into care as an infant and was adopted at the age of three. As a child, at times he would burst into fits of rage. In one incident, he chased his adoptive mother with an axe and was charged with assault for breaking his adoptive father's ribs. Okay, that's you just throw the kid away after that. It's broken. You, you just, have a you baby leather face, my just friend. I feel like you should just... Yikes. Um, diagnosed with schizophrenia, of course. That explains a lot. Uh, Lewis was placed in a psychiatric hospital after he attempted suicide by overdosing on over-the-counter pain medication. Lewis later claimed the suicide attempt and incidences of violence were part of a plan created by his family to avoid being drafted into the Army for service in Vietnam. Lewis excelled at school and attended the University of Missouri, where he met his future wife, uh, Leanne. After university, Lewis and Leanne married and settled down in Texas or in Kansas City, working as bookkeepers for a tax accounting firm. After an argument with the firm's owner, Lewis and Leanne left and started their own firm. They met 72-year-old retired truck driver Raymond West, who became their first client. West was reported missing on July 24, 1978. A note with the business letterhead from Lewis's firm was found stuck in the door saying that West was out of town and to see Lewis for details. When the officers gained entry into West's home, another note with Lewis's letterhead was found on West's coffee table telling them that he was sleeping and not to wake him until after 1 p.m. Police conducted a second search three weeks later on August 14th and they found West's dismembered body wrapped in sheets and garbage bags in the attic. Investigators weren't able to determine his cause of death due to the decompos decomposition of his body. Lewis was arrested after it was discovered that $5,000 was withdrawn from West's bank account and placed in the Lewis's and placed into Lewis's bank account. A search Can't of you say home, obvious? Dude, oh, it gets even better. A search of his home Turned up rope, garbage bags, and checkbooks belonging to Wes. You were not good at this at all, dude. <laughs> he was not um, good at his job. No. Lewis was again arrested and charged with Wes's murder. In October of 1979, days before his trial, the case based only on circumstantial evidence. So I have a question, though. How is that circumstantial when they found that stuff in his house? It's still circumstantial. Even the checkbook? Yep. Fucking Because it still doesn't prove that he killed him. I mean, it doesn't, but... Because they could... I know. I... Mm, so much is broken about our justice system. Lewis was <laughs> identified via fingerprints in the envelope used. However, police were unable to link him with the crimes as he and Leanne were living in New York City at the time. My... Yeah, ass. so this is this is what was so fucked up with this guy. Because I kept they kept referencing this in BuzzFeed. It's not like he wouldn't have been able to make the commute from New York City to Chicago very easily. But everything kept coming back circumstantial because his actual residence was in New York City at the time. But there was so much tying him to Chicago, and he easily could have made the trip. So I don't, I don't know if I buy that. But um, he was instead convicted of extortion. He later served 13 of a 20-year sentence, and he was paroled in 95. So the extortion was the letter that he sent to Johnson & Johnson for a million dollars. WCVB Channel 5 of Boston reported that court documents released in early 2009 showed that the uh, DOJ or Department of Justice investigators concluded that Lewis was responsible for the poisonings despite the fact that they did not have enough evidence to charge him. He did it, but he didn't. 
In January of 2010, <laughs> in January of 2010, both Lewis and his wife submitted DNA samples and fingerprints to authorities. Lewis stated that if the FBI plays it fair, I have nothing to worry about, and he continues to deny all responsibility for the poisonings. I want to know what the fuck happened to these goddamn DNA samples. Obviously, I we obviously nothing because I'm sure we would have heard something by now. As the letterhead on the extortion letter was traced to a formal tra former travel agency where his wife had worked, it was believed that the extortion was used as a revenge attempt against his wife's former boss over the money owed to Lewis's wife after the travel agency had gone out of business and closed down. His handwriting also matched, oh my God, a, a second extortion letter that was sent to um, former President Ronald Reagan, who was the president at the time, warning that the Tylenol poisonings could continue if a federal taxation overhaul wasn't conducted and threatened to crash remote control airplanes into the White House. This guy was definitely schizophrenic. Um, a second man, Roger Arnold, was identified and investigated and also cleared of the killings. He had a nervous breakdown due to the media attention which he had blamed on Marty Sinclair, a bar owner. So he, this guy was all, this guy was an alcoholic. This was a bar that he frequented. And um, after he was investigated, supposedly the bar owner caused, caused a bunch of rumors about him. And he states that that's the reason why he had a nervous breakdown. So in the summer of 1983, he mistook John, Sten, John Sten, Stenasha, I believe is how it's pronounced, as Sinclair. And he shot and killed him. Stanash didn't even know who he was. Arnold was convicted in January of 1984. He served 15 years of a 30-year sentence for second-degree murder, and he died in June of 2008. Laura Dan Lori Dan, who poisoned and shot a number of people in May of 1988 in a rampage in uh, Winneka, Winne 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 Illinois, was briefly considered as a suspect, but no direct connection was found. In early 1983, at the FBI's request, Chicago Tribune columnist Bob Green published the address and grave location of the first and youngest victim, Mary Kellerman. The story written, the story written with the Kellerman family's consent was proposed by FBI criminal analyst John Douglas on the theory that the perpetrator might visit the house or gravesite if he were made aware of the locations. Both sites were kept under 24-hour surveillance for several months, but the killer did not surface. Because um, that is true. A lot of times killer will wanna, killers will want to come back to the scene of the crime, like Ted Bundy used to do that a lot. Um, a surveillance photo of Paula Prince purchasing cyanide-tampered Tylenol at a Walgreens in 1601 North Wells Street was released by the Chicago Police Department. Police believe that a bearded man can be seen just feet behind Prince and that that might possibly be the killer. In early 2000, January of 2009, Illinois authorities renewed the investigation. Federal agents searched the home of Lewis in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and seized a number of items. In Chicago, an FBI spokes, spokesman declined to comment but said, we'll have something to release later, possibly. <laughs> oh, okay, so they talked about this in that BuzzFeed thing, too. Let me tell you how more, much more circumstantial it gets. This guy had like a map in his house. He had a bunch of uh, chemical, like laboratory equipment and they didn't find potassium cyanide. They found potassium chloride is what they found. But like, why would he have a map of Chicago, 
lab equipment. But again, all of this they said was circumstantial. Of all so. of this they said was circumstantial. So in Chicago, an FBI spokesman declined to comment. Oh, that's right. Law enforcement officials have received a number of tips related to the case coinciding with its anniversary. In a written statement, the FBI explained this review was prompted in part by the recent 25th anniversary of the crime and the resulting publicity. Further, given the many recent advances in forensic technology, it was only natural that a second look be taken at the case and recovered evidence. I still think Lewis did it. I know they say circumstantial all day long, but I t- yep. I just after watching that BuzzFeed thing and reading all this, I-, I think he did it. So that just sucks that he's not in jail and seven people are dead. Um, technically eight. Technically eight. That's right. Now this this story really I thought this was really crazy when I when I read this. On May 19th of 2011, the FBI requested DNA samples from none other than Ted Kaczynski a.k.a. the Unabomber, in connection with the Tylenol murders, he completely denies ever possessing potassium cyanide. And this really wasn't his M.O. He he was more worried about the environment and a lot of his, he was more of a terrorist than he was a serial killer. And his bombings were more related to people that he felt like were carrying out environmental disasters. And he was more worried about nature than he was people. You know, I'm I hate to sound like I'm siding with the guy, but no, but you're um, making very good. Points. But I'm just making a point that like he wouldn't be. This doesn't sound like him. It was it, you know, even all this. It was, and I'll tell you the reason why. So the four Unabomb crimes happened in Chicago between '78 and '80, and Kaczynski's parents uh, just so happened to live in a suburb of Chicago in '82, where he occasionally stayed. Um, but yeah, I mean, by this time he was living. I believe it was in Montana. That he was living. So yeah, it it's just it wasn't his uh what what they I guess what they would refer to as a modus operandi that Ted Kaczynski would would be involved. I think at that point they were just grasping at straws. Yeah. Um because they're like, just, oh, this guy was yeah, in Chicago he during just, this time. Let's right. check this out. He didn't even he just didn't fit the description at all. So So hundreds of copycat attacks involving Tylenol, over-the-counter medications, and other products also took place around the United States immediately following the Chicago deaths. Three more deaths occurred in 86 from tampered gelatin capsules. A woman died in Yonkers, New York, after ingesting extra-strength Tylenol capsules laced with cyanide. Excedrin capsules in Washington State were tampered with, resulting in deaths of Susan Snow and Bruce Nickel from cyanide poisoning, and the eventual arrest and conviction of Nickel's wife, Stella, for in her intentional actions in the crimes connected to both murders. That same year, Procter and Gamble's enact in, in Capron, yeah. Thank you. Was recalled after a spiking hoax in Chicago and Detroit that resulted in a precipitous. I can't. I know these ginormous words and <laughs> I feel like I Carly. Don't use words I can't understand. Like hey precipitous sales drop and a withdrawal of the pain reliever from the market. Yeah, that was crazy because that nothing actually even happened. It was all a hoax and mm-hmm. people were just so fucking scared. You know, I'm I mean, not a blame all. You're terrified. I wouldn't, I'd be scared too. I mean, they said that people around Chicago lived in fear those couple of years after that happened. I mean, you know, you're, you're fucking terrified and I don't, I, I I'll deal with the headache. People. I'd like to live. I'm Thanks. totally fine with that. What, what you got any natural, is there a tea I can drink? Like, I'm not, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that woman, Stella Nickel, that story was fucking hilarious. It was fucking crazy because she, her husband was cheating on her and she basically was like, Oh, well, I'm just going to make it look like somebody else did it. And I'm going <laughs> to lace these fucking pills with cyanide and kill my husband and his mistress 
and make it look like, oh, well, maybe it was like the Tylenolmers and they just randomly took some Tylenol inside of Like, that was... A for effort. I mean, you know... A for effort. You know, she really just wanted Stella, to get rid of the bitch. She wanted to get rid of her husband. She was pissed. Honey, you know, I gotta, I gotta kind of give you... I gotta give you a thumbs up for she that. Did, she, she, really does get, she really does get an A for effort. She really does. In nineteen eighty six. I mean, don't go killing people, but don't. I mean, you know, she We're not we're not being like we're yes, not condoning that. But I'm just saying, you know, hey, you know, good good you know, job. If you're, if you're she thought on, it through. She did. And she had a plan. First degree, exactly. right there. First fucking degree. Exactly. In nineteen eighty six, <laughs> a University of Texas student, Kenneth Ferries, was found dead in his apartment after succumbing to cyanide poisoning. Hampered Anison. Capples. Capples. Yep. Capsules. You guys never heard of Anison Capsules? Uh. <laughs> Anison Capsules. Oh, I love it. Uh, we're determined to be the source of the cyanide found in this body. His death was ruled a homicide on May 30th, 1986, and on June 19th, 1986, the AP reported that Travis County Medical Examiner ruled his death a likely suicide. The FDA determined he obtained the poison from a lab in which he worked. This is the Johnson & Johnson response. They received positive coverage for handling of the crisis. For example, an article in Washington Post said, Johnson & Johnson has effectively demonstrated how major business ought to handle a disaster. Mm -hmm. Hey, businesses, listen up right now. The article further stated that this is no three-mile island accident in which the company's response did more damage than the original incident, which is like what it seems like always happens. The three-mile island thing, it, if guys don't, if, you, if nobody's ever heard about that, it was a partial meltdown of a reactor in Pennsylvania near Harrisburg that resulted in a radiation leak in 1979. So this was the most significant nuclear power disaster in U.S. history. Um, and the response was devastating it was it was really really bad i i highly suggest more people look into the three mile island incident because i'm telling you right now that is what you don't do <laughs> and what johnson and johnson did is exactly what what you do you you just it's what you do do you re, you just take it off well okay and i and i i hate to do this because i don't want to get on a soapbox about the vaccine but it's almost the same as the response that they had with their vaccine you know a I hate to say this because blood clots can be a very common thing, especially in women. I I have, um, you know, I have a history of, of blood clots. And, um, you know, I thought Johnson & Johnson's response was swift. They said, oh, they said, okay, well, we're just going to take the whole thing off the market. We're just going to wipe everything out. We're just going to stop production. We're going to take everything because it was... It's one of those things with anything that you take, if you are, you know, if you don't know that you're predisposed to something or you already, you know what I mean? And if, even if it's in a very, like, that was such an isolated incident, this was such an isolated incident that for their response to be anything other than we're just going to wipe it clean and take everything off and just get rid of it, any response other than that, I feel, would would just be beyond subpar. I mean, it wouldn't even, why, like I said, it, if a company cares more about, it's about caring more about your integrity than the money because it will reflect you as a company forever. If you don't handle it any other way, it seems like they got it together. I mean, I'm just saying a lot of these companies can learn something. 
It's not, always, it's not always about the, the almighty dollar. It's really <laughs> fucking not. Really Don't not. get me on that soapbox. Uh, so yeah, they were um, super. They were applauded for being honest with the public. In addition, in addition to issuing the recall, they established relations with the Chicago police, the FBI, and the Food and Drug Administration. This way, it could have a part in searching for the person who laced the capsules, and they could help prevent further tampering. While at the time of the scare, the company's market share collapsed from 35 to 8 percent. It rebounded in less than a year, a move credited to the company's prompt and aggressive reaction. In November, it reintroduced capsules, but in a new triple-sealed package coupled with heavy price promotions. With several years, Tylenol regained the highest market share for the over-the-counter analgesic. analgesic in the U.S. I, I worked in the medical field. So I these literally wo- almost These said, words are so easy for me. <laughs> I almost said anorexic, and I was like, that's not You're correct. Like, mm, no. In 1982, the incident inspired the pharmaceutical, food, and consumer product industries to develop tamper-resistant packaging such as induction seals and improved quality control methods. Moreover, product tampering was made a federal crime. Mm-hmm. The new laws resulted in Stella Nichols' conviction in the Excedrin tampering case, for which she was, she was sentenced to 90 years in prison. Additionally, the incident prompted the pharmaceutical industry to move away from capsules, which were easy to contaminate as a foreign substance could be placed inside without obvious signs of tampering. Within the year, the FDA introduced more stringent regulations to avoid product tampering. This led to the eventual to the eventual replacement of the capsule with a solid caplet, a tablet made in the shape of a capsule as a drug delivery form, and with the addiction addition of tamper evident safety seals to bottles of many sorts. So, guys, if you want to know why there's a childproof cap, that is exactly why. There's that's why. That's exactly why. Now you know. It's because of the, the 1982 you know. Chicago Tylenol murders. Also the almond thing. Yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, and I think that, I don't even know if that was a result of this. Um, I've watched, you know, because I, I wanted to be um, a forensic pathologist for a long time before I decided to get in the medical field. So I've always been very interested for years with like, medical examiner shows and anything about like coroners or I've, I've just, I've always been into that kind of stuff. And I, that's how I found out about the almond thing that actually during an autopsy, how like they'll, they'll cut open the stomach contents and immediately like the whole room smells like almonds. And they're like, Oh, well that's it. That's it's amazing. Cy- cyanide poisoning. Like I just, that boggled my mind. Like, I just thought that was, I thought that was insane. But yeah, I mean, that's something else to keep in mind. Well, because too, like, you know, people's, people's drinks get spiked. Anything could happen. You know, that's still, that's still a fucking thing that spouses poison each other or people poison their kids. You know, you've got parents with Munchausen syndrome, like, you know, so it's, it smells like almonds and it ain't supposed to fucking smell like almonds. Well, they, I actually like almonds and now I'm like, oh no, are those almonds? I told my husband. I was are like, you it next time? I told my husband, I said, I haven't had almonds in so long that I'm just going to go to Kroger and I'm going to be crazy as hell just walking up to a bag of almonds like making sure nobody's looking and going, okay, that's what they smell like. All right. Okay. Because I was in my head almonds as I was watching, I was, really trying, I was trying to remember what I haven't had. I fucking love almonds, but I couldn't remember the last time I had almonds. So I was trying to think of what they smell. I'm like, you know, just so I know, just so I know, just, just in case. Does this smell a little nutty to you? Why is this lettuce? 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 Why is
it smell like almonds. <laughs> you can put almonds in salad. This is true. It's just God like, damn, that's really going to fuck me up. Then. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're out, you know, out in the woods and you smell cucumbers. Snakes. Yep. It, what, what is the copperheads that smell like? That fucked me up, cucumbers? too. I think it is. There's a certain snake that smells like cucumbers. I've heard that, too. And I've smelled cucumbers very heavily in a spot that was not cucumbers. <laughs> so well, I was like, any snake, I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> I love snakes, but I'm not... Well, snakes in the wild, I, that's my thing. I worry. Because I, I don't know... And I'm not taking my chances. <laughs> the prettier they are, the more important, important, poisonous they are. I believe. Well, it's like it's, it's it's like the thing with frogs. Like the more colorful a frog is, the the more likely it's going to be a poisonous frog. The green mamba is the most poisonous yeah. snake in the world. They're really like Snake Island. What is this like? Doll Island? There's it's... literally like no. There's just there's literally an island that houses like the most poisonous snakes in the world it's a whole island like it's humans, a whole ass island humans don't inhabit it because you 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 can't you would die like it's a real it's a real what thing i'm trying to look it up because i used to know i used to know this and i'm like i'm like i know this is a real fucking thing i didn't make this up um <laughs> You're like I swear I didn't pull this out of my ass just now. I know it's I know it's real. Yep, the island is the only home of the critically endangered venomous golden lancehead pit viper, which has a diet for birds. The snakes became trapped on the island when rising sea levels covered up the land that connected it to the mainland. It's right off the coast of Brazil. Um there was a lighthouse at one time. The last inhabitants were in 1909. But yeah, like the whole entire island is just populated by this one particular uh, breed of really, really poisonous snakes. And it just so happens that these snakes are endangered of all things. They're like, well, we got to keep them around. Well, we're just going to keep them on this fucking island. Like, oh Y'all stay right God. there. Y'all just... Y'all just stay on this island, then. Man, I tell you what. Just stay there's, right fucking There's place. one of them snakes going, we did it. <laughs> we got rid of the fucking hey, humans. We did it. We, yeah, of all things. Yeah, it says the island is thought to be populated by, oh, God, this makes my skin crawl, <laughs> by over 430,000 snakes. How big is the island? It is... It's relatively small. It's only 106 acres. It's a it's a pretty small island. 106 acres. That's and considered bet you small. Motherfucking telling me every inch of that full... island is covered in snakes. Yeah. You ain't walking nowhere yeah, without no. a snake under your nope. feet. Nope. <laughs> nope. I love snakes. I've always liked snakes, but bitch, I like to walk without my feet being covered. In that them. that literally made my whole like my, <laughs> my whole body. I just read 400,000 snakes. I just, my dad is deathly afraid of snakes, so I wouldn't even be able to read that to him. He'd probably pass out. He would just think of that many snakes, and then he would just pass out, like, instantaneously. Like, he cannot... There's a trail by our house that I go to all the time, and I told him one time that we saw a snake there, and he hasn't gone there, like, at all. Like, And I was like, Dad, that's just... He thinks that they know that... <laughs> he is so terrified of snakes that he thinks that they know, and they have, like, a vendetta against him. 
Like they, he they know. he thinks they sense your fear. So that's <laughs> this man is legitimately. We went to the zoo one time, and there were people standing out of the front of the the, the reptile, the reptile house, house, like holding snakes. And he made me walk all. The, we had to walk all the way around because he thought that if they sensed within like ten feet of how scared he was, that they were gonna jump out of the handler's hand. He is, y'all don't understand the depths of the phobia that my dad has of fucking snakes. He thinks that shit is personal. Like, every fucking snake knows. Now, my grandma is that scared of snakes, but she doesn't he believe that. So, she just can't look at them. He Anytime so, she ever sees a snake, she's like, ew, it looks like the devil himself. And I'm like, actually, the devil is quite gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Lucifer? Actually, he's not that good looking to me, but you know, not real Lucifer, the show Lucifer. Yeah, not the real y'all look. <laughs> not the real. <laughs> I'm like, let me reiterate that. I'm not talking about real Satan. Even though, have y'all seen that meme that's going around about that sculpture of Satan with the. Oh my god, that is the sexiest. Somebody made him fucking hot. Look, <laughs> I looked at that. I was like, oh my god, look at that. But in all but, reality, no. in all reality, that's what he would fucking look like. I think he would look like Loki. I think I just have Tom Hiddleston on the brain. I'm. I have a problem. We have. A Did problem, you just compare y'all. Satan to Loki? I mean, in my mind, not that I could. In be my brain, to him more. in my brain, that's what he looks. <laughs> no. Nah. Jesus Christ. We have Loki on the brain. I can't. God, God damn it, Tom Hiddleston. And I normally don't even find that kind of man attractive, but there is something about him. And I... Bitch, I tell you and what. he's naturally that... a redhead, and that literally made my vagina just... Listen. Listen, I am a very gay woman. I will ride faces all fucking day. I want faces to ride... Or faces. I want vaginas on my face. Yeah, I want faces day. on faces on everything. I just <laughs> want I want it all. Give me the tits. Give me all of it. But Tom. Yeah. Like I told you, he is. I'm like, I should be disgusted by the fact that they had to put a flap in front of his costume because his dick was so large. If you guys didn't know this. That it bulged to the point where it was. You could see it. Like, it was not family friendly. Like, this is going to cause Disney some problems. This is going to, uh... this is not family friendly. So they had to put a flap. <laughs> I should be disgusted by that. And I'm turned on. And I'm like, what? <sighs> so off, off mic earlier, we compared him to David Bowie. And I want to know how many people actually agree with that. Because I just... I feel like he's our generation because there's a very androgynous look to him. And like we were saying, I think that like gay, straight, whatever, like everybody's attracted to him. It like, it just doesn't There are matter. a lot of people that really he don't just, like him that I know. And I'm ooh, like, you're just what? dumb. Y'all. Well, you're a hater. Okay. And I ain't got no room for haters. That's all I'm going to say. One of my coworkers hater. is like, he is so ugly. And I was like, you can go fuck okay, yourself. Okay. Well, hmm. I have nothing for you. I don't. I have nothing. I have nothing to that. But we've talked about this too, that I, unconventional beauty will always be more attractive to me than anything else. It's a Someone lot like. Someone that doesn't look, if you don't look, because there's just, 
Mm-hmm. When you look different. Oh, yeah. And actually, Annie pointed out to me that Vera Farmiga is one of those that's very... She is. Uh, she's different. Like, she, she looks different. And I'm like, I have been attracted to her since I saw her. <laughs> like... For a very long time. Long, 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 long time. Unconventional. Yeah. Yeah. But she's, she is a perfect woman example of that. Of where that, it's yeah. like, no, she isn't Angelina Jolie. She looks different, but I, I think she's... Well, you get to where, I mean, you know, when you see these running memes of, like, all of these actresses that look exactly the same, like, you can name six actresses that look identical, or six actors that look identical, I'm like, come the fuck It's on. literally the same person in different fonts. I mean, it really is, oh. I, I saw that, and I was like, Katy Perry. Yeah. Katie Featherston. Yep. Emily Blunt. Yes. I can't think of her name. Her name escaped me. Um, Zoe Deschanel. All these well, people I look that, exactly the same. Um, the chick that played Pam on The Office and Emily Blunt look a lot alike, which is kind of yeah, fucked up do. because John Krasinski <laughs> was both their husbands. TV and real. Man knew what he was doing. I showed, he's got a tight Because <laughs> my hubby really, my hubby's like, he's really into The Office now and I show him a picture of what John Krasinski's real life wife. Well, he's seen A Quiet Place and I had to tell him, like, well, that's his wife in real life. And he's like, oh, okay. I think they look a lot alike. That's they just do. me personally. I, I really think they do. I think they look a lot alike. I do think they look alike. I do. That was, yeah, he has a type. Also, can we just talk about the, the transition of John Krasinski too? Because, holy God! Even I will admit he got very, very... I mean, he went from jam to goddamn. <laughs> he went from jam to sir, goddamn. Sir, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Time to hear about our Lord. Excuse me, sir. Abs. <laughs> well, Chris Pratt. I actually kind of think he was I mean, cuter he went from, in oh, Parks and Rec. Well, I was the same way. Honestly, I, I kind of do. I, think I was he was the same way because I thought he was so cute in Parks and Rec, and then Guardians of the Galaxy came, and I was like, uh, "Hello." I mean, yeah, but okay. A six pack is it's nice to Let's look at talk. occasionally, but. Let's talk about someone. I know we haven't seen Black Widow yet. Yet. But Florence Pugh. I don't know what's happening. To I thought her. you were going to say David Harbour, and he's also another one. Also, yes. Well, but he looks a lot like my husband. So I'm he kind of does. Partial. He's got the Viking look. He's he kind of so, does. He looks. <laughs> but I'm like, can we talk about her? What is. I don't know what's happening, but I'm like, you are getting hotter with age. You're just. Yeah, she is. You're turning into a fine wine. And everywhere I've been reading is she she is the standout in the movie. She stole the movie. Everything, everything I've been hearing is like, you will see this movie for Florence Pugh and no one else. I mean, I kind of always wanted to. I mean, same. <laughs> as soon but... as I saw she was playing her, I literally remember, I don't know what movie, I might have been with you. We were. We saw, we saw a trailer the, for the, the first trailer. time and I went, is that? <laughs> but she's playing her Because it just seemed like she popped up. Like all of a sudden she was everywhere. Like it was like she popped out of the sun, it was like, like out of the snow, midsummer, like daisies. midsummer, Little Women, and then the commuter. Um, yeah, and she was really fucking hot in the commuter. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm not gonna see Little Women. I read the fucking book, and I've seen this is literally the third adaptation. They, I'm not, I'm, I'm, so, I mean, I look, I love everybody that's in it, and that's great. And congratulations, I'm, I'm happy for everybody involved. Congratulations. But I read the fucking book. And I love Winona Ryder, and I'm sorry, that's my favorite one, and it always will be. 
And they're, I'm, look, they're, they're all the same. Once you've seen one, look, it's like, it's like if they, it's like for God's sake, if they make another fucking, what is it, J uh, Pride and Prejudice or Jane Austen or fucking, movie. they do so many, well, and they're all the same. Like, can we just stop? I would like to say, though, I probably will see it because I've never seen any of the other Little Women. Oh, okay. And I only genuinely want to see it because of the cast. Right, right. So I'll, I, just, I'll, I get I'll let you know. I'll get it. Let me know. But like I said, that 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 cast with, with, with Winona Ryder, that original one, that will always be. But again, that's just because that that came out during my time. Like, that was in 94. So it's like, that was that was for me. And that will always be the one that that I'm uh, partial to. I just love how it also has a baby Claire Danes in it. Baby Claire Danes and Claire Danes. <laughs> she just won a an Emmy for Homeland, didn't she? I need to watch that. That's a show. great show. I need to fucking. It's watch. really fucking. Oh good. my god! I keep hearing how good that is, and I'm like, what's really fucked up is that I've seen the first three seasons seventeen hundred times, and I've never re like went farther and i don't know why i'm like hilarious <laughs> that's hilarious that but it was good shows, it was though. fantastic yeah. from what i from what i watched it i loved it yeah but yeah so well guys we hope you enjoyed this episode tonight um yeah and like we said this was just this was one of those things where it's like it's unsolved but they pretty much know who did it and they said who did it but, but he can't. didn't do it. <laughs> he did it, but he didn't. He did, but he didn't. But he did. <laughs> but we can't. Allegedly. <laughs> we can't say he did. Allegedly. God, I hate those. I hate that, though. I hate. I know. I hate it for the families. I hate it for Mary. I hate it for Mary Kellerman's parents. I hate it for. I, I just. I, I hate it. I hate it for these families. Because you, again, yeah, you're right. You never have. To, that's. That's why these unsolved ones have become, you know, really mean, you know, for us, especially because it, the crime itself, yeah, but it's just the fact that, like, these families will never have justice. And that just, I, I. It's almost like you just don't ever get closure. And I, my I, my heart just, my heart bleeds for those people and condolences to those families. And like I said, I think the one that just really got me was Mary Kellerman. Yeah. Because she was 12 years old. And you give your child medication and you, you just, you would literally never, I mean, I've given my nieces, you know, like medicine, like here, you know, oh, you're, you know, your stomach's upset, take this, or here's, yeah, a, Benadryl, or here's a Benadryl, or here, <clears throat> you know, and never think another thing of it. You know, and to think you, you give them something like that and they lay down and all of a sudden you check on them a couple hours later and they're dead and you just, and you have no... And you're like, did they die of the cold? What could have happened? Like, what on like, earth? Never. This is a normal, healthy 12-year-old. And then, boom, they're dead just like that. And then you find out about this whole poisoning thing. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, what would be the odds that I happen to walk into that store and pick up that bottle that day? And you know and those you would poor never, parents. ever, ever, ever think about that. You know those poor parents probably. Oh, my themselves. God. The grief. And the blame, oh my God. You know they probably blame themselves. Even though they shouldn't have, you know that oh, they no. have. Oh no, you know, I just, you know, my condolences to all the families, but especially to Mary Kellerman's parents, and I really hope and pray that they, um, you know, that that is one thing I, I saw too, how uh, Johnson Johnson was really like, they, they were really helpful with the families. 
like making like they paid for all the funerals they made you know so i i hope that the kellermans got counseling and because i could totally see as a parent how you could blame yourself but obviously I, even in if no I did way, that shape, my, or form, oh my god years, yeah i would blame myself too. i'd blame myself immediately but deep down they're not and you know you're not and uh shoot yeah, fuck next time i, I get hope. one of my nephews or my niece medicine i'll pop a pill too i'll be right. like if you go i go like does it smell like almond okay you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> i'll be like is this i can see the big okay, like <laughs> Thanks. They'd be like, why did you smell this first? And then, <laughs> and then, then I'd secretly be like, <laughs> I don't even have a headache, but fuck it. <laughs> you go, I go. Right, exactly. So yeah. next week, what were we talking about next week? Remind we me. are doing our cryptid episode. Yes. Um, it's about the, there is a lake in Siberia called Lake Bacall. I happened to come across this one. And there is just some really crazy stuff that happens around this lake. But more specifically, apparently this lake has a lake monster. And it's something that has terrorized a town in Siberia for years. Um, but there's also just a lot of other really crazy history about this lake that I read about. Where I was just like, wow, this is fucking nuts. Like, it's a really deep lake. And it's got, it's just, it's always had a lot of really crazy lore about it but um the sea monster thing to me was really interesting well because there's actually even been like undiscovered sea creatures in this but it's just and it's like a lake that let it's connected to the oh it's one of those things where it's like a freshwater to seawater kind of thing and those are always really interesting because you never know what could come in and out from the ocean into this lake and back again. So um, who's to know if it's an undiscovered sea creature like has been, that has been discovered. Which would make sense though, because like there's so much in the fucking ocean we've never seen in the water. Like more of our space has been explored than our own oceans. So I will forever be terrified of large bodies. I need to watch underwater again. I love the beach. Oh my God, that movie. It's so amazing. I love going to the beach. I always have and I always will. But as far as being like real out, out in the fucking ocean, like deep out. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You will not catch me on any ocean liners. You will not catch me on any, you know, yachts, no fishing boats. I will not be out in the middle of the ocean. No, no, thank you. No, <laughs> you're like, no, thanks. I go up to about waist high and then I'm good. <laughs> like, that's about it. <laughs> that's about as far as I Because I, I get a little scared of sharks. Even just going out in the ocean. Well, even in, well, lakes too freak me out. Like lakes that, well, I mean, because there's, well, probably, no, not even so much lakes, rivers. Because, you know, there's been, oh, yeah. there's been bull sharks in the Mississippi River. There's been, they've, they've found bull sharks in the Mississippi. I still, it's still weird to me even swimming in a pond when a little fish will nibble my leg even. Like, it doesn't scare me. It's just shocking at first. I have cause... legitimate, I, I know legitimately that there's been times where maybe it's like, just a plant or something in a lake that my foot might rub up against. And I will literally, I'd be like, Oh my God, I this monster. And I will fucking run on water like Jesus out of that fucking lake. <laughs> I, I turn, lake. I literally turn into Jesus. My <laughs> husband's like, it probably was just a bluegill. I, in my mind, 
It is the fucking. It is. It is Loch Ness monster. It is it's Jaws. A it is Jaws is in this lake. You're gonna need a bigger boat. And I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's such an irrational fucking it's thought. So funny. But 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 because you can't see and you no. feel something, you're like, yep. nope. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. I'm just gonna get the. I'm just. I gotta get the fuck out. This is their home. Land is my home. I'm gonna respect your home. <laughs> This land is my land. <laughs> that water's your exactly. land. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you. You can have that. Well, guys, I hope you we we hope you have a great week. And you know our socials. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all at DFWTO Podcast. And our handle is DFWTO8811. Please follow us and subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and Spotify to know when we let out new episodes. Always every Wednesday, except for sometimes when things come up. And if you subscribe or you're on our socials, you'll know when they don't. Exactly. So you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week for Scary Monster Time. Yay! Go watch Underwater just to prepare, just because. Yeah. And the Twilight movies come out on Netflix this weekend. Okay, guys! We <laughs> love it. We'll see you next week. And remember, don't, don't fuck with the original! Watch Twilight all this weekend. No!